Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. Well, welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Sales Podcast. My guest today, Ann Miller, is a public speaking coach and author. She's the author of a book called The Tall Lady with the Iceberg, The Power of Metaphors to Sell, Persuade, and Explain Anything to Anyone. So I met Anne just through some just online networking. And what I found out is that Anne has spent 30 years helping individuals, entrepreneurs, and companies like Yahoo, Citigroup, the Blackstone Group, you know, really big companies present and sell millions of dollars worth of their products and services. So I know you're really going to enjoy this, this discussion because everything we do in sales, ultimately it is about presenting, whether it's uh, formally, informally, inside your company, and of course, externally. So Anne, thanks for joining me today. Oh, my pleasure. Looking forward to the discussion. So before we get into the nuts and bolts of uh, presenting and selling, I'm curious, how did you even get into the business of coaching and training around presentation delivery? Well, like many people, I have a checkered career. (laughs) I started out as an English teacher, left after a couple of years, and then I got odd jobs on Wall Street on a trading desk, working at the exchange, selling, selling for an investment magazine. And then my father died. And I suddenly realized I would have to work the rest of my life. And I wasn't married. I'd have to take care of myself. And I knew I didn't want to be an ad director or a publisher, although I loved the company I worked for. Somebody took me to a seminar. And I watched this guy talk about different personality types and what people did. And I said, hey, I'm in the wrong business. I could do what that guy is doing and do it even better. And within a month, I was working for a training company. And that got me into the field. And ultimately, I went out on my own to do sales and presentation training. And it's the perfect job for me because I love to teach. I love to help people. I love to act. I love having a group in front of me. And it's it's been very good to me. And I, I it's gotten me all over the world into great companies. So that's how I wound up where I am. Oh, that's great. One of my very uh, first guests when I started the podcast, uh, I don't know, kind of in the first 10 episodes, he was an actor. And um, he loved it, but you know that wasn't necessarily paying the bill. So he went into sales and he said, you know, what's so great about it is it still kind of gave me a little bit of that excitement that I would get from acting, but now I'm getting paid to sell stuff. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, let's, uh, well, let's jump into it. So, you know, you work with a lot of students, you worked with a lot of companies over the years and, and, and things have changed, right? I mean, how we do it today versus how we did in the past may not be the same, but, you know, as you work with clients and students, you know, what are a few of the kind of starting tips that that people need to remember when giving a great presentation? Let's just start with that. Well, you know, things have changed or you're on Zoom and there's all this technology, but certain things haven't changed. How people process information really hasn't changed. And so when you're presenting, you have to remember a few things. One is that the most important word in the English language is you. 
So while you're going through what you have, what your process can do, what your product can do, it's all about the seller. You have to remember, you always want to say what you get. This is what you'll find. You'll save. You make it very listener or client focused in the presentation. The second thing is, particularly in tech, people data dump. What they do is they say, we have this, we do this, it works this way, it goes up, it goes down, you press this button, you click here, data, 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 data. Then they go to the next slide or the next section, data, 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 data. And it completely washes over people because what people are really waiting for is, so what does that mean? So what's the point? So I always tell people, say whatever you have to say, but when you're finished making the point, conclude the point. So in fact, I'll tell you, once I was doing some training in, in Japan and I had one guy in the program who didn't speak English and I don't speak Japanese. So I'm pretty quick on my feet. And I said to the kid, all right, you present in Japanese. Audience, you listen for the content, the, the accuracy of it. And I'll listen for the delivery. And I could tell that he was data dumping because when you data dump, you go, Blah, 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 blah. There's a pattern. But when you conclude, your voice always changes. So bottom line, so what this means. So even though he was speaking a different language, I could tell he had no takeaway points. So for people who are listening to this, make sure there is a takeaway to the data that you are giving. And since things come in threes, the third point I would make is people have to see what you're talking about. And that brings us to the metaphors, right? And the stories. You have to talk to the logical part of people's minds, but then you have to help them see it. And the best way to do that is either to tell a story, give an example, or wrap it up with a metaphor or analogy. Even Einstein said, if I can't see it, I don't understand it. Those are my three points. Yeah, I, I love it. So it's make it client focused, basically conclude the point and have people see what you're talking about or, you know, the way I interpreted that was visualize it, you know, create it, let them visualize it. You know, the, the funny thing on the data dump piece, you know, I've been in tech sales forever and I've noticed that sometimes if I fall into that trap, I, I catch myself and I, I catch myself sort of trailing off at the end versus bringing it to a really strong point. And then I'm like, uh Oh, <laughs> you know, right. that's not good. Right. But that's, that's good that you hear that. Cause then it reminds you that, you have to say, now, what was the point of that? Oh, yeah. So the point is, Mr. Client, <laughs> Yeah. you will save money. You will improve X. You will get Y. Well, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, in our business, we work with, oftentimes, there's a lot of uh, sales engineers or a technical counterpart that you may work with on a sales call. And just because they're the technical counterpart, counterpart, this is important to them as well. And some of the best sales en engineers that I've seen out in the field, they do that second point concluding it so well, because, you know, they'll give the data, but then they'll tie it back. They're pretty excited. Um, and then they'll wrap up the visual, the visualization piece with maybe a, a story, an example, you know, something that says, lets the customer say, Oh, I see what you're saying. And you, and you know, you got them, you know, you made your point when they kind of do that head nod and like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Kind of it's that aha it. moment. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about metaphors. So, okay. you know, you've got a book. What is the name of your book? Again? The Tall Lady with the Iceberg, The Power of Metaphors to Sell, Explain, or Persuade. Sell, Persuade, or Explain Anything to Anybody. 
Okay, so long title. And that wasn't your original title. No, the original title was Metaphorically Selling. Okay, so what? Well, I'm just sort of curious. Why the change from the short title to the long title? Well, in, when I used to do the seminars, you know, in-person seminars, I would make the point that people remember visually. And it was at a, a point in the program where there was a picture of an iceberg on, on the slide. And I would say, when you see me on the street 10 years from now, you won't remember my name, but you will always remember me as the tall lady with the iceberg because I'm six feet tall. Oh. So that's where that came from. You know yourself. You walk down the street and you go, oh, I know you. I know you. And as you try to place that person, what goes through your mind is never numbers or facts. It's always visual. I see green. I see grass. I Oh, we were in camp together when we were in the fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. You always remember visually. And you have to bring that understanding to any presentation or sale that you make. That's a really important point for people to to pick up on because in anything that you do, just the power of the brain, when you can attach visualization to it, imagery of some sort, um, it helps people remember. And you know, lots of studies, you know, if, if you've ever followed the world of memorization or people that um, have this incredible capability to remember and recite um, just tons and tons of, of information. Or maybe it's as simple as you're going to the store, your wife or your husband gave you a list of 10 things. And after you leave and you get in the car, you can remember like the first one. Well, um, the way people have really kind of grabbed onto the whole concept of memory is building that idea of the memory palace, right? It, creating imagery or creating or attaching those items to an image allows you to remember them. And kind of the, the more crazy the image, the more easier it is to remember. Metaphors are great. Like when you're talking about a financial crisis, remember they you can have all the facts you want about that. But if you say, hey, we're approaching a fiscal cliff, boy, that captures everything. Yeah. Everything, you know, yeah. short and sweet really work. That's Metaphors scary. do that. Okay. Well, so how does somebody, like, I'm not, I'm not a great storyteller in my mind, unless it's a story that I've told over and over and over again. I usually miss the punchline. Before we jump into the topic, I wanted to let you know that we just launched a monthly drawing for one of our insulated high-tech freedom tumblers. Now, I've been sending these out as a thank you gift to each of our guests, and the response has been great. You know, everyone has a full-size coffee cup, a Yeti, or whatever brand that they might use, but not everybody has the small tumbler that you can put your wine or beverage of choice in. And they're great for the deck, beach, camping, or just, you know, just keeping your drink warm or cold. Now, I'm not selling these, but I am excited about them. So we decided to offer these up to the loyal podcast listeners by doing a monthly drawing. So if you're interested, go to hightechfreedom.com forward slash mug, that's M-U-G, and you'll see a picture of the Tumblr and you can enter. We'll just collect your name, phone number, and email. And if you do win, we'll then follow up and ask for your mailing address so we know where to send it. If you don't win, your name stays in so you don't need to re-enter. But and so my mind, if if you're you're a listener and you maybe you feel you're not a great storyteller, which means you don't have great metaphors, how does somebody get started or get better at doing that? Okay, so you really don't have to be a Shakespeare or a Hemingway to be able to use metaphors and analogies. The fact of the matter is, we all talk in imagery all the time. You say it's hot as hell, cold as ice. That's a train wreck waiting to happen. Oh, he really hit a home run. So people already are talking in metaphors and analogies. 
My mission in life is to tell people to use them more consciously because they are such effective communication tools. So how do you get good at this? It's really very simple. Always say to yourself, what is this like? What is this like? Now, you and I don't know each other, but if I had to use a metaphor or analogy to make a point, I would think very quickly in my head, what do I know about you? Okay. And even if I don't know a lot about you personally, there's a whole world of experience we all know about. There's sports, there's current events, there's movies, there's, you know, learning to drive, there's raising kids. You can always say it's just like. If you get into that, it's just like habit, you will find yourself coming up with analogies and metaphors very, very quickly. Number one. Number two, the second thing you can do is read the op-ed pages of your newspaper or online, whatever, wherever you go. Op-ed articles are always trying to persuade or influence you to a point of view. They are loaded, loaded with metaphors and analogies. And you begin to see how people use them. Also, sometimes you can borrow them. Um, I suggest in the book sometimes that metaphors or analogies that you come across in the, in the papers, you should clip out, keep a little collection of them so you have them available to you. The other thing is read the sports pages. Again, loaded, loaded with analogies. So it's not that difficult to get good at this. Can you come up with something very creative? Well, that, you know, God bless, that's great. But you don't have to. You just have to be able to say, it's just like, and you'll get to the metaphor or analogy that you need. But it has to be for the appropriate to that audience. Just very quickly, I was once sitting in an audience of all executive women, and there was a woman on the stage talking about something, and she kept using all these football analogies. When you're on the 40-yard line, when you're in the locker room, and we're all sitting there going, what the hell is she talking about? She obviously was understood the power of analogy. But she was using the kind of Vince Lombardi analogies more appropriate either to a men's group or to a group of sports enthusiasts than to a group of executive women. If she wanted to use sports, she might have used tennis or Serena Williams. Do you understand? You have to make the analogy appropriate to the group you're talking to. Yeah, I, you know, you were just reminding me uh, in my early career, I had this sales engineer that I worked with. Great guys, um, just an inc actually an incredible presenter in front of customers. Uh, I was so fortunate to work with him. But there were so many times where I would use an analogy and he's like, I don't understand what you're saying. You know, because he he also I think he English may have been a, a second language for him. And I, I wasn't connecting with him because he had no idea what I meant by it. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, I need to need to think a little bit about that. And I've also had team members that I've worked with where I've seen other managers, as an example, use a sports analogy. And that particular employee is like, I don't play sports. I don't watch sports. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. It's not landing. Exactly. It has to land. I love that. See, even that is a metaphor, right? Planes land. So now we're saying your meaning has to land. I'm telling you, language is rich with metaphor and analogy. Well, so, and I've also heard people say, though, that um, you know, when speaking and presenting, we need to get rid of some of the overuse of metaphors in our conversation because it, it, it has be, it is so, it, we use it so much just in our day to day speech. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that or if you have an opinion, if they can be overused. 
Let me answer that this way. There are actually three levels of metaphor use. One is the cliche, you know, he hit it out of the park. That was a home run. He stole, you know, cliches. They're not terrible to use, better than nothing, but um, they're just cliches. It's okay. The next level up, and this is where I think most people can get to, is that crafted metaphor or analogy. If you think about it before you go on a sales call, if you think about what is the key point I want to make? Or what is the thing that people will have a hard time understanding? Or what is the biggest objection somebody will have? And if you can work that out in your mind and say, okay, what analogy or metaphor can I come up with to deal with that? Okay, let me give you an example. Many times a tech salesperson will call, or any salesperson, will call on a company and they'll say, yeah, but you guys are all the same, you know. Why should I use you? You're all the same. And the tech sales reaction typically is, oh, no, we're not. We're really different. Let me show you how we're different. No, you're all the same. See, in his mind, it's sameness. You've got to overcome that. Your yelling and screaming about how great you are is not going to do that because he doesn't see it. So you could say, if you were in person, for example, and I've seen this done, if the guy or gal is married, they usually have pictures of their kids. And you say to them, are those your kids? Yes. Um, are they the same? And any parent will go, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> little Jimmy is creative and little Susie is a go-getter. And you let them go on like that. And then you say, exactly. They are both children. But I bet you would rely on them for different things. Oh, absolutely. When I need something done, little Jimmy. See, they're seeing the difference in their head. Then you get to say, they're both children, but they have different personalities and you rely on them for different things. The same thing is true in the tech sales world. Yeah, we're all in the XYZ business, but clients come to us because they realize we offer them something a little different. This is what we offer them. Do you understand? You've got them. You've got them at that point because they have understood the concept of, yes, you can be in the same category but have unique differences and you did it by using their children. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, I think back, uh, I saw an example recently where, um, yeah, it was just in the tech world. They're talking about organizing data in a certain way. And, you know, they shared this example of like their kid, um, and all the video, well, nowadays, most of the kids just download the video games, but at the time, you know, it was the kids kind of large pile of video game um, CDs that were sort of just all jammed in the closet. You know, you want to go find a particular game and you're like digging in and looking for it. And then, you know, that was how a lot of people handle it versus, you know, organizing it nice and neat, all catalogs like, oh, there it is. Boom, alphabetical order, grab it. And it was just a great visual image that, you know, especially a parent that has a boy at home that plays video games. Everybody gets that because I'm looking right now where my kid, my son's 20 and it's still a total disaster with all his video games everywhere. So I love the I love the imagery of that metaphor or example to make the point about something that was technology challenging. Absolutely. People know what they know. And if you want to get them to the unknown, you have to do it through what they know. And just arguing back or presenting back to them situations that they understand. And then relate it back to what you're the point you're making just solves the problem. 
Well, I, I'm curious. So there's people that are great at doing metaphors and maybe people that are not so great. What do the great ones do different than maybe the person that just average uses it on, a, on an average basis? The ones that are great at it are usually lateral thinkers. They're people who make, they're curious, they make connections all the time. Uh, you know, the genius of Steve Jobs, for example, was not the technology so much. It was that he took technology and design and put it together and made technology beautiful, something no one had done before. You know, he saw, the, they see possibilities. They're possibility thinkers. You'll never be as good as Steve Jobs. I will never be as good as Steve Jobs. Your listeners won't be, but they can get close. So if you're someone who is a more linear thinker, who tends not to see outside the box, you can do a couple of things. One is you can start practicing that it's just like, it's just like anybody can do that. The other thing you can do is, you know, don't, don't knock your head against the wall. In any organization, there is someone like your friend who's a great user of metaphors and analogies. You go to that person and you say, hey, I'm calling on this client. I expect to have this kind of a problem. Or I always get lost when I'm explaining X. Can you help me out? <laughs> Give me the metaphor. Give me the analogy. Ask for it. But you need to know that an analogy or a metaphor is needed at that point in the presentation. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, as we as we get close to wrapping it up, and, you know, I guess I'm curious, uh, any recommendations or suggestions on maybe how so you, I think you and I talked offline, uh, you know, maybe about a month ago about, you know, building up your database of metaphors, any just recommendations on maybe how to organize those because I'm a big fan, I've actually just did a solo episode last week about, uh, or a couple weeks ago about, um, you're doing account research and it goes a lot faster when you're just following a list. You're organized, you're storing the data, and then you can go without thinking. You know, what can somebody do to just be better organizing their metaphor so you can pull from the database when you're in a, you know, your, your brain dead just working on a deal and you don't have time to think about it? Well, I think when you see a metaphor or an analogy that you like in the papers or you hear one, write it down, <laughs> somehow capture it. And then you can set up a file of, wow, that would be a great opener for a presentation and just put it under openers. Or that was a great way of handling objections, put it under objection handling or explanation. I think that's the easiest way to do it because you never remember all of them. So you're right. Collecting them is a good idea. Yeah. yeah just so keep easy it. to do online. Yeah. Keep it simple. Oh, Notepad, I, whatever. No, I have one other suggestion. AI. Okay. You can go on AI, you know, on chat uh, GBT and say, create 10 metaphors for explaining X. Now, I've done that with mixed results because what, they tend to, what it tends to come up with are cliches. On the other hand, when you do that and you ask for 10, you might get one that actually works or that you can massage it to make it work. So for the metaphorically, metaphorically challenged, <laughs> um, AI could be a godsend. But again, you have to be careful what you, you use from that list. Yeah, yeah, that's a great suggestion. The other suggestion. thing is you could read my book, which helps you, has lots of exercises in it to help you develop that metaphor muscle. Uh, I love it. Well, and if somebody, um, well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share? 
No, it's just keep you like anything else, use it or lose it. That's right. That's right. And, you know, keep practicing and keep improving. So, uh, so Ian, you're still out there actively coaching and uh, doing training and you've got your book out there online. If somebody would like to reach out and connect up with you, what is the best way to connect up? Um, you can do that by email. A, a. Miller at annmiller.com and Anna spelled with an E. A. Miller at annmiller.com. I'm happy to respond. Excellent. Well, the tall lady next to the iceberg, Ann Miller, thank you so much for coming on the High Tech Freedom Sales Podcast. Thank you. Great fun. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.